insane. That is one of the great comebacks in Calgary Flames history. Well, happy Friday and welcome back to the Firestarter Podcast. Ryan Dietrich coming at you from the Scotiabank Saddledome. The Flames coming off a big 5-2 win over the New Jersey Devils last night. And today, we're sitting down with one of the newest members of the squad, Brandon Davidson. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ryan. appreciate you having me on. Awesome. So, Brandon, yesterday you, you talked a little bit about the work you put in down in Stockton, which was excellent, 10 points in 10 games. But how gratifying is it for you to get the reward and get that call to come back up here? Yeah, it means everything to me. I think uh, going down there, it was uh, it was the right move. Um, I needed to kind of get in some uh, in all types of situations and and kind of uh, refine my game again. And uh, and I was able to do that down there with the help of uh, um, the coaching staff and and most importantly uh, my teammates. It was interesting talking with Bill Peters yesterday morning because he described what those conversations are like when you know the tough decisions have to be made around training camp time and. Obviously, I'm assuming there's a lot of disappointment when you're told you're going down, but how important is it to keep that bigger picture in mind and understand that they do have a plan for you? Yeah, for sure. I think um, uh, coming into camp, you know, you have goals in mind and, you know, mine was to make uh, the team right out of camp and um, it, it didn't go that way. But, um, so, you know, sometimes these things are blessings and um, kind of put a perspective uh, on where I wanted to be and, and where I what I had to do to kind of get there. And so... Um, going down to the minor leagues and, and you know having that time down there really kind of um, honed my game and I was able to kind of uh, you know shake off the rust. Obviously, when you signed that contract back in July, you're you're probably not going in blind. They, I assume, talked to you about what the plan is going to be when training camp rolls around. But what were, if you can share, what were those conversations like with management and coaching staff? Yeah, to be uh, brief uh, about it, I think um, I had a good understanding that there was a possibility of uh, me coming into camp and, and making this team and, and, and starting here. And um, unfortunately, that didn't go that way. But um, you know, sometimes these things kind of work their way out, work their way out, and um, it seems like everything's kind of working its way out now. And, and you know, I was able to kind of uh, get my feet underneath me and and uh, really just kind of uh, find myself again down there. You know, and Bill was talking about it throughout camp too. He's like, this guy just needs to play some games. I know it's been tough for you the last couple of years, but how good was it too to just come and get the preseason action and then, of course, to go down just to get your feet wet and play those big minutes again? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, uh, I hadn't played a whole lot of hockey in the last um, couple of years due to um, some injuries. And and so Bill was on the same page as me, and um, you know I needed to get my minutes up. I needed to kind of get in different types of situations, and and, and really just um, you know work on my game and, and get it back to where it needs to be. And uh, you know Bill was great with me too um, the whole time. He understood where I needed to be, and and um, the level of communication between us two was was great. And so um, going down and and spending that time in Stockton was uh, was. Uh, you know, a good thing for me. And, and obviously, I think it's kind of showing now that it was. I mean, the physical component is one thing. It's good to get up to game speed. But how important is it for you mentally, too, to to have that trust in the coaching staff, your first over the boards in those situations and, and be contributing at the key moments in the games? Yeah, you know, you always want to be that guy. And um, I was able to be that guy in Stockton. And, you know, I was given a lot of opportunity. And, um, you know, I worked hard every day to, to keep those uh, opportunities coming. And, um, you know, I got rewarded and, and the team was rewarded. I played with a great group of guys down there and um, everything seemed to kind of fit into place. Let's take a trip down memory lane a little bit. You're a, a local boy of sorts growing up just a few hours away in Tabor. What was it like growing up there and how did the Flames factor into your childhood? 
Yeah, I mean, Tabor's a small town, about 7,000 people, more of a farm community, um, but uh, awesome place to grow up. Uh, a lot of my core values were set uh, on the farm uh, between my family and, and that kind of lifestyle that we lived. And um, hockey was uh, huge in Tabor. Um, most kids play hockey in Tabor, if not all of them. And um, um, growing up, having the Calgary Flames only a couple hours drive away, that was the team to watch for us. And, um, you know, even so, my dad's my dad took me to my first ever NHL game, and it was a Calgary Flames game. And um, it's where I kind of fell in love with the game. And uh, you obviously talking about uh, it being a farming community. Was your dad involved in, in that industry as well? You know what? My uh, my family was, and, and my dad not uh, so much. Oh, okay. He was more uh, on the oil rigs. Okay. So we kind of had a split between our family. Uh, half of them were some farmers, and the other half were uh, uh, worked in the oil patch. My grandpa lived just down, um, just down the road, and, and he had a farm. My auntie lived you know, a couple kilometers away from us and she had a farm. And so um, there was never any days inside. It was always, yeah. it was always get outside and, and, and do something. And I wasn't allowed back in the house till supper time. So <laughs> it was always it's busy. Burner, right? Yeah, no kidding. It was, it was always busy, but it was always, it was always great. You know, um, it wasn't sitting in front of the TV all day or, or anything like that, playing video games. It was always get outside and, and find something to do. And if you didn't find something to do, my dad found me something to do. <laughs> and most likely that was I work. Bet he did. I bet he did. I think everybody can relate to that. Uh, on the hockey side of things, I mean, the, the outsider's take is that you were kind of a, a late bloomer growing up, which isn't even that unusual for defensemen in general. But but tell me, how did, how did you make the sudden transition from midget to major junior with Regina Pats? Yeah, definitely a late bloomer for sure. I've kind of been, that's been hanged over me for a long time. And um, I'm, was just one of those kids that um you know didn't come into his own till a little bit later I was a little bit goofier and <laughs> a little awkward and and um you know when I was playing um midget uh, hockey and I was able to get an opportunity with Regina I kind of realized that oh, oh I could I could maybe do this and and you know it was all I wanted at the time too and and so uh you know I kind of just ran with it and was given a great opportunity in Regina to play for the Pats and uh, played with a lot of good players uh, there, Jordan Wheel, Jordan Everly, Colton Tuvert, um, a lot of uh, guys that went on to have some uh, good pro careers. And, and so, uh, you know, I was put in the right situation and uh, kind of just flourished with it. And you didn't play junior, right, before going to Regina? Was it, was it kind of a, a walk-on situation yeah, for you? Yeah, it was a, a walk-on uh, situation where um, uh, I was given a tryout and, um, uh, and uh, just kind of ran with it, I guess. <laughs> nice. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, obviously, and finally getting the chance there, uh, you wore the C too, which I know means a lot to a lot of young guys. But what did it mean to you specifically, and and how did it maybe shape you into the person you are today? Yeah, I've I, you know I took a lot of pride in um, being the captain there in Regina, and it was the first time I'd ever been a captain of a hockey team. Um, and and so I, p- I put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of conduct myself in a way that um, uh, I could lead others and and um, it was a real test for me at the time and yeah. uh, unbelievable experience kind of um, going through that and, and you know having other uh, responsibilities than yourself was was huge and uh, really just rounded me out as a player and, and more so even as a person. 
Celebrate the Flames' 40th season with your friends, family, everyone you know. Plan your next group gathering, company event, or party with the Calgary Flames at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Group benefits include block seating, ticket savings, and designated coordinators to help you create the ultimate package. Unique group options include Sea of Red Reserved and Loft Experiences. For more info and to book a group event, visit calgaryflames.com group. The Sea of Red lives here. So, Brandon, switching gears a little bit, November is obviously Hockey Fights Cancer Month, and uh, we know this is an especially important time uh, of the year for you personally. Uh, how did your life change back in the fall of 2012? Yeah, definitely a very important uh, month for me and my family. Um, always, uh, always happy when this month comes around, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's a good time for me to kind of uh, talk about my uh, situation and, and what happened and, you know, um, bring the awareness and, and uh, you know, kind of contribute in any way a person can for men's health. And it's a good story because it's a success story. And, and um, you know, I feel like it's my responsibility to um, help others and, and, you know, raise that awareness. And, and uh, it's a good month uh, for me and, and my family. You know, one of the great things about this game is that no matter where you are or who you're with, it's like a family, right? So how supportive were the guys, in, um, you know, in the locker room down in Oklahoma City? And uh, maybe who were you leaning on the most? Because it was a fairly young team, but still a lot of guys that you grew up with, too. Oh, yeah. No, the guys um, the guys in Oklahoma City uh, jumped right around me. They uh, they helped me through so much. And I had a roommate at the time named Taylor Fadun. He's uh, playing with Dallas right now. And um he uh, he he brought the buzzer out and shaved his head as soon as I started losing my hair and um, he was really there to help support me and and um, you know just kind of bring light on the situation every day and kind of uh, really made it easy to uh, really made it easy to kind of find a smile and, and, and to be happy and so uh, um, it was nice having him I had a great group of guys down there that um, you know. Uh, opened me with uh, open arms and um, really just kind of helped me uh, get through that. Well, you called it a success story, and it is. And obviously being able to return to the ice as quickly as you did, I, I can't imagine what your body had been through to get to that point because it had only been a few months. But what did you go through, and what was it like when you were able to come back and play that first game again? Yeah, um, after everything was said and done, after the surgery and um, the chemotherapy, um, I'd lost about 30 pounds. Wow. And so I was... Uh, I was deteriorated. I didn't have much left. And um, once I was able to begin training, we kind of went at it every single day. It was just to make improvements. And um, we didn't know when there was going to be the end result, but um, we just kind of pushed every day. And and, uh, three months later, we were able to kind of um, get to a place where uh, I was healthy and and strong and and feeling like I could play, you know, uh, in in a professional uh, hockey league. And what a time to come back too, right? You guys had a great season and then a really deep playoff run. Now, was that that must have been one of your deeper runs too yeah. as a hockey player, right? Conference final, I believe. That yeah, year. yeah. And uh, yeah, conference final. We had an awesome team um, that year, and uh, I actually, when I came back from all my treatments and everything, uh, I spent a little time in the, the East Coast Hockey League in Stockton, and. Um, when I was called back up, the team was already rolling into the playoffs, like first place, and so I jumped on a really good team, and um, I was able to kind of contribute in a in a good way, and um, I played a lot of minutes and a lot of hockey, and um, you know, without having those that, those guys and that experience, I don't know um, where that would have left me, but um, you know, really just kind of. Uh, 
came into my own there and, and uh, were able to make some jumps in my career. You mentioned Fadoon, who's now with the Dallas Stars, Colton Tubert, who you were teammates with in Regina. And uh, this is probably st- you know stretching your memory a little bit going back six years, but uh, I remember you being paired with Garrett Stafford at a point too, a guy who has played so many games at the pro level. And I don't know what you can tell us about, about him because from what my dealings with him, just a great guy and a super leader. Yeah, he was a great guy and an awesome leader. Um, really just helped me. He was an older guy and... Um, being younger, you know, sometimes uh, the nerves kind of take a hold of you, and he was <laughs> the one that always was able to kind of settle me down. And, and, you know, I learned a lot from him just, just watching him and the way he kind of conducted himself uh, on the ice and more so off the ice um, really helped me kind of uh, get a good understanding of where I needed to be. I think it's pretty clear that over the course of your career and including the, the, the cancer diagnosis many years ago, you've been through a lot, you've faced a ton of adversity, but you've always, the theme of it, right, is that you come through on the other side. And here you are now, even battled a couple injuries the last couple of years, you've made a few stops. Does it kind of feel like hopefully now things are settling down a little bit and you're back to where you want to be? You're playing the game you love too, which I'm sure helps a great deal. Yeah, no, I feel like... Um... I feel like I'm I'm where I'm where I should be right now. I'm definitely over the last couple of years have been tougher battling the injuries and um, going through the psychological battle through yeah. all that as well. Um, it was tough, but um, you know I just feel good. My my physically, my strength is good. My body seems to be back to where it wants to be. Um, my head's in it, and and um, you know I'm excited and. and just to be here, but also excited to kind of um, start my professional hockey career again. Um, spent a lot of time off the ice, and um, I got a lot of things that I want to do, and and uh, I, I need to get it started here in Calgary. Does David Riddick know that two of your nine career goals are against him? Two in one game, even? <laughs> no, no, I didn't know. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's too funny. I'll have to. I'll have to let him know that. Yeah, yeah. I think you were. Well, you. Might, this is going back. This is January 2018. I'm pretty sure you were like first star of the game that night too. So, um, maybe a little bit of ammunition for the locker room. <laughs> that that's is, what we do here. We try that, to. We try to give you guys some fuel here. On the that podcast. is great ammunition because <laughs> Ritter's been. Uh, me and Ritter are, are uh, good friends, and so he's one of those guys. As soon as I got here, big smile on his face. So he'll love this. I, yeah, this is good. Well, he is. He always has way too much himself, and he's giving it to the other guys. So you have to be able to give it back. A exactly. Little, right? Exactly. <laughs> Brandon, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You got a great story to tell, and uh, we can't wait to see you on the ice uh, wearing that Flames jersey here soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. All right, and everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Firestarter Podcast. We'll catch you next week.